You're listening to Workplace Matters. How we work is changing. Hybrid and remote workplaces are here to stay for many employers, and that creates challenges for engaging employees both professionally and casually. This does not affect every industry or every job function. Some jobs always need to be in person, and some workplaces want to leave remote work behind. If a workplace wants to continue with remote work arrangements, engagement is a key part to any workplace. So what should change about how we engage remote and hybrid employees? Building strong relationships with employees is good for everyone. Harvard Business Review found that highly engaged organizations have doubled the monetary success rate of lower engaged organizations. Lower turnover, fewer safety incidents, fewer patient safety incidents, and fewer quality incidents. I think a strong employer-employee relationship is defined by mutual trust and respect. Ian Crawford teaches management and entrepreneurship for the University of Iowa Tippie College of Business. That you have a shared purpose, shared goals. The employer wants you as an employee to be successful and you as an employee want the company to be successful. That high-quality relationship feels like you are supported as an employee and as an employee that you want to give your very best to your employer. So a high degree of trust, of mutual respect, shared goals, and willingness to give your best as an employer to your employee and vice versa as an employee to your employer. Creating workplace relationships like this can be difficult when everyone is in the same building, never mind if employees and managers are remote. Issues like creating equity, navigating when to be operational and when to be casual, Monitoring productivity, building trust, or motivating employees all become more difficult with remote employees. Equity is not treating everyone the same. Everyone doesn't need to have the same work arrangement. So as an employer, treating people equitably, I think, starts with asking people what works best for you and then evaluating people on their, their results. Again, relaxing the assumption that what we care most about is where we see people working and how long they're working, and caring more about what value are you creating in the time and place that you are working, wherever and whenever it is. And that's going to take managers shifting in what their management style is. For those that are already comfortable managing towards a results-oriented outcome, this will be natural. For those that are managing more to schedules and, and physical locations, that, that'll be more difficult, I think. Engaging remote employees equally is about asking how much check-in they need and attempting to adhere to that. How much check-in do they need to be productive and managing around the results? Leading remote and hybrid employees can easily create productivity concerns for managers, which makes sense when previously managers could see work getting done in the office. For managing remote and hybrid employees, focusing on results and challenging the assumption you need to see work being done is what's important. I think the biggest concerns from an employer standpoint are related to, will my employees be productive if they're not in the office? And how can we collaborate if we're not face-to-face? -face? Those are some of the big concerns. Is this quality of collaboration gonna drop if not everyone's in the same room? And a simple rejoinder is, well, has the quality of our collaboration dropped over the last year that we've been working 100% remote? If we've been doing it successfully for the whole last year, what will limit our success in the future? There are many companies that are experimenting with have employees off-site, 
do virtual collaboration or have employees on site on different days for different purposes. And I think it's okay for companies to experiment and learn what works and learn what doesn't. Joe Hedrick leads a team for advanced computing support at the University of Iowa. I ran a conversation with my team at our last meeting about, I just asked everyone to spend a couple of minutes and think about things that they were proud of, either themselves or that we had done as a team. And I was amazed. And I mean, I knew that we would get good engagement, but it was 10 times more than I expected. And it was one of these sort of feel good sessions where everybody said something and a lot of people said things that surprised me. They weren't things that I felt they would say because I didn't know how important it, it was to them. Again, it sort of opened up more conversation. As everyone has learned over the past year, engaging remote and hybrid employees is much different than in-person employees. But employers have learned how to change their engagements. So one uh, thing that I was doing wrong that I'll share with everybody. Marcus Seaton manages an ergonomics team at the University of Iowa. Was emailing people to let them know that I'm gonna give them a call to have a discussion, which seem appropriate at the time, but when you think about that's not how things work in the office. So now I've, whether they know it or not, I've adopted more of a schedule where I'll either shoot them my am and have a chat informally or just simply pick up the phone, uh, which seems novel in this day and age, but uh, to have a direct discussion without having something formally surrounding it. So one thing we've lost in going almost 100% virtually in our work is those happenstance interactions in hallways or around the mythical water cooler that you just stop and talk about. How was your weekend? How, you know, what did you do? And how are your kids? And what else have you found interesting? Or what books are you reading? Things like these, right? Many people will see these as just social niceties that are a waste of time, but it's actually a subtle and simple way to build quality relationships in a team. So that shouldn't be overlooked. And so one thing that people can do with their employees is dedicate a small portion of virtual meeting time to just straight up chit chat, shoot the breeze, talk about whatever. And people can change their perspective about what is happening in the meeting when we are completely off topic. That that's an actually an intentional way to get to know each other and become integrated as a team, even if we're not in the same room. Changing the type of engagements away from strictly sort of operational work related and having more conversation about how they're doing, what's bothering them, that really helped create a connection so that we could have more conversations later. One of the things that, that our team had done previously, but we, we really did a lot more, is more asynchronous communication. So rather than having meetings that were one-on-one -on -one in Zoom or as a group in Zoom, we would do a lot of outside communications. We didn't have as many meetings because we had 80% of the conversation offline and at people's own pace based on you know how they were working around family or whatever. Engagement, while having important operational purposes, is crucial for creating trust between the workplace and employees. So if engagement becomes difficult with remote or hybrid employees, how much harder is it to build trust remotely? Yeah, so building trust in the workplace, I don't think is a function of where the employees are, whether physically located or remotely. People make judgments about trustworthiness based on whether someone is competent, they have the ability to do what they say they're gonna do, based on their integrity, which is that they actually do what they say they're going to do, and based on judgments of benevolence, meaning I have the belief that you have my best interest in mind when you take action, right? And 
when you have established that judgment, like I perceive that you are competent, you're going to do what you're going to say you're going to do, and you're doing it for my benefit, then you are able to trust people, right? So demonstrating those three things, I think, is important to building trust. So what I like to start off um, are... I have a small staff, admittedly, um, but our, our staff meeting is, I'll just share how I'm feeling for that day, whether it's positive or negative, um, and then just approach it with, you know, I'm feeling this way, how are you doing today? Or how was your weekend? Or uh, things like that. Just modeling that behavior of sharing and being open, uh, I think creates trust so that you can be able to more readily see those those red flags if they're, if they're showing up. Another thing, that managers can do is demonstrate just a willingness to be vulnerable and, and open up with their employees about uh, challenges that they are facing or the company is facing. We're all so afraid of showing our weakness. It actually takes great strength to do that. So one way to develop trust among people is just be willing to be vulnerable and acknowledge that weaknesses aren't fatal flaws, but they are a crucial part of our characters and by opening up and showing people what our weaknesses are, it, it builds and engenders trust. Trust is ultimately the experience of being willing to be vulnerable to someone else who has control over some aspect of your life. And so for you to be willing to be vulnerable, it helps to see that other person be vulnerable too. It's like an invitation to trust. Workplace Matters is supported by the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health. To listen to more podcasts, view our ongoing video series, or for more information about us, visit healthierworkforcecenter.org. Thank you.